0: Saint Kitts, um, and you might have heard some of these, a lot of these things before, if you if you've sat through um, discussion of the ministry in Saint Kitts before. But uh, just recognize that there's a number of people here that have never heard about this. Uh, Saint Kitts is an island in the Caribbean. It's a population of 44,000 people at 68 square miles. They do speak English there, but I would bet. English. Um, and um, while being a population of 44,000 people, they have over 500,000 tourists that visit St. Kitts. But I'll guarantee you, very few of that 68 square miles are probably walked on by those tourists. And, and nothing against the tourists and the cruise ships, but it is a uh, um, that is how. By tourism and tours, crime and drugs are on the rise due to the growing economy due to tourism. A lot of those tourism money, a lot of that tourism money does not filter down to the everyday um, San Cession. Um, they've had over twenty murders each year, most of them due to the rising gangs. This as of about two thousand nine. Now Brandon. Whereas, these are the the scenes in St. Kitts that many of those who might visit on a tour don't necessarily see. Brandon Grayson is the son of Brad and Peggy Grayson in our fellowship here. And um, he and his uh, wife, Wendy, along with their children, Audrey and Keaton, have been ministering in St. Kitts for around three years now. Brandon was which is a church in Indianapolis, and um, upon taking a few short-term trips to St. Kitts, really felt the Lord calling him there to minister. Yeah. Um, the idea when they came there was, we're here to serve and find ministry to do and find opportunities to share and impact people with the gospel. They knew little of what the church had in mind for but over the past three years, uh, they would describe themselves as being astonished as to the ministry opportunity they found. Uh, Brandon pastors a church there, um, and the church is mainly made up of well, it's a it's a body of graduate students who needed a pastor at the time, and uh, and Brandon has found fruitful ministry uh, doing that. These graduate students are grad are. Uh, at a medical school and a veterinarian school and uh, Brandon is their pastor in giving them a a vision and a hope (coughs) and establishing a leadership team of that and making it a real body of believers with a vision for impacting uh, the the island of St. Kitts he's also established an Awana club which I'll share some pictures with that, he co-hosts a weekly radio show uh, along with hosting and helping with dozens of short-term mission trips there. Now, a recent addition to uh, Brandon and Wendy's ministry is Jordan and Christy McKay. And um, Jordan is the nephew of Dave McGoy. Strangely, it's the same last name. (laughs) Um, Next picture has their recent addition of a son in November. And I would imagine he was born around that time as well. Uh, Jordan is a, while Brandon is a graduate from Southmont here, uh, Jordan is a graduate from North Montgomery, but still friends. Um, <laughs> graduated in 2004. And actually, Jordan and Brandon were, and as well as their wives, would describe themselves as having been best friends for eight years. And um, while Jordan, when Brandon was working as the high school, Jordan was leading the junior high at Horizon. As Brandon went to St. Kitts, Jordan moved up to high school and um, and then was doing missions trips to St. Kitts. And then has, as of January or so, joined Brandon and Wendy in St. Kitts. And if I was the pastor at Horizon, I would stop sending youth pastors to St. Kitts. <laughs> to this, but we have this tendency to think, well, who wouldn't want to minister in a Caribbean island, but I think uh, uh, Glenn will be able to share with us that um, there are certainly a lot of challenges there for sure, and these are the couples together there. The Iwana Club that they have there uh, focuses on scripture memorization, they meet in small groups. Snacks and teach the word together. They they um, as of last year they had about eighty kids coming. They tried to limit this to younger kids, but they have kids up through high school that are very interested in being a part of this and hungry for it. There's Brandon with some of the kids there. This I don't know if you can see this very well. These cars are at the top. As I mentioned, uh, Brandon also co-hosts a radio show every week called Personally Experiencing God. And this is something that's very important because the people of St. Kitts are very evangelized and most of them would say, yes, I know, I Jesus is my Savior, but their life. Change their life. Um, that would be the assumption. Of course, we we don't know what's going on specifically and exactly in people's hearts and lives. But but Brandon has had um, just this opportunity to describe with his friend Sister Mavis uh, what it means to personally walk with God on a daily basis. And they uh, they said it's a it's a huge success. And Brandon is recognized by a lot of people on Saint Kitts who are listened and and encouraged by his radio program. I mentioned the the church that Brandon is uh, pastoring. These are just a couple pictures of of folks from the church. Um, Caribbean Christian Fellowship, it's called. And um, they've recently moved into a larger facility, which they're excited for and and seeing um, even fellow students coming to Christ. Uh, Another huge part of their ministry is hosting short-term missions. Teams were made up of small groups or college groups. They will oftentimes do vacation Bible school with the kids or work projects, um, and this is something that really has a contribution not only to Saint Kitts but also to the kingdom. Um, with uh, <coughs> as far as these these groups being able to come back to the states, having been changed by this opportunity. Um, you ever get a chance to talk to Brandon and I'm sure Jordan as well um, these guys have just God has uh, um, invested in them with a big vision not just for St. Kitts but for other Caribbean islands um, with the, the gospel and discipleship and pastoral training and church planting um, all involved and so I'm just going to pray before Glenn comes up and shares his experience Laura I just thank you for having brought uh, Glenn to St. Kitts and back safely. And just pray, Lord, that you would bless his words and and us as well as we learn from his experience there. Father, we pray that you would um, minister to us.
1: Actually, uh, my going to Saint Kitts was kind of uh, a spur of the moment thing. Uh, the last few months have been tough, and uh, so I just looked upon it as a, a way of God being able to just, you know, speak in my life in a different setting, and so that was part of the uh, motivation for going. Uh, to St. Kitts and I heard about it very late in the whole process everybody uh, that was going already had their tickets and everything was uh, you know uh, it was getting down to the nitty-gritty when I signed up Uh, and so the Horizons Church was I went on the same flight as most of them but worked with the uh, group from Rock Point there was a group of 16 uh, many of whom you would know uh, Bruce Jones the administrative pastor at Rock Point uh, was kind of headed it up and uh, he and I were uh, roomed together then when we were there on the island so that was kind of how uh, they were a wonderful bunch uh, to work with we had a couple of young people some of you know Reed Fowdy uh, he was uh, on the mission and uh, Sarah Adams, a uh, grade school student here at uh, Newmarket, I think. So uh, let me just uh, run through some pictures. Uh, this, w- this was just a part of our group, and I'm not sure, I don't remember when we took this picture, but uh, it was right outside our hotel uh, there was a road that went up behind it, and uh, this was overlooking the bay in uh, uh, Baseteer, which is the capital city, and uh, some of the group from uh, Rock Point. Uh, my working was uh, with them. This was actually looking right behind our hotel, right behind our room, uh, out over the bay, and uh, you can see a cruise ship there. Uh, at, the, at the port, they uh, have built up a section there. The only new part of the town that I saw was this area around the port where the big ships come in and spend all their money. And uh, most of it was run by Middle Eastern people, interestingly enough. And so uh, that's what uh, J.D. was talking about when he talked about the tri- trickle-down effect. That's about all you get. Uh, Marriott has built a big uh, resort area on the other side of the island from the capital city here and uh, has a casino and so a lot of these people I'm sure come and uh, there's a beautiful beach there and uh, there's a beautiful beach here but uh, all is not, this is another picture from right behind the hotel, beautiful hotel. Uh, several stories, but it was it 's an old building that they 're remodeling uh, later this year we're going to shut down and remodel it. Uh, but it had three pools and just a beautiful old, old building, but neat place because of the view uh, that you had here of uh, from the hotel another uh, this fountain was right outside our room, just a few feet. Uh, Ships always coming in and out, uh, sailboats, people, you know, individually coming uh, to see the sights. These are just some of the views that, uh, you know, we took a tour of the island on Friday after we'd worked all week, and uh, it was interesting just to see the island. There's one main road around the island. It's a volcanic island, and so uh, obviously very rugged. And uh, this one road, you know, went around the island. And so this, uh, mostly done in vans, and uh, I don't know, six or seven of our group hired a van to uh, take us around the island. But the views are just astounding. Uh volcano there in the background, uh, black volcanic rock, this is on the Atlantic side of the ocean. Uh, this is the same view that uh, was in that first picture of JD's. On the right is the Caribbean. On the left is the Atlantic. And, you, you know, from this vantage point, it's just a beautiful uh, setting to see all of that. There's some of our group. Uh, let me pause and just say a couple of things uh, about the island it is a beautiful place. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You can see from those pictures. It's just an astoundingly beautiful uh, island paradise. But like most things that we uh, people, as humans, do, uh, it doesn't end up very pretty. And uh, that's the case here. There's there's quite a bit of poverty on the island, and so uh, people just. Uh, you know, aren't able to do, or don't uh, know to do. Clean up, you know, fix up, do things, uh, and so a lot of what you see is uh, not necessarily nice. Uh, the streets of Bassettier, for example, in the city there, along the edge of the streets, uh, there was a like a three-inch. Uh, line in the concrete at the curb, and it was constantly running water. It wasn't raining, but, you know, I'll let you uh, think about that for a moment. Uh, (laughs) But it went down into the ocean, and these, uh, you know, uh, they're on their beach. Beautiful sand, uh, the black, uh, real fine sand. Uh, But, you know, At the same time, you know, uh, it wasn't a place that you would have wanted to have uh, jumped in, although some were. We saw some people that were uh, doing that, but not me. Uh, (laughs) This next picture, it reminded me, let me back up just a moment. It reminded me of uh, remembering uh, some English back in high school of Milton's Paradise Lost and Paradise Regained. Well, you know, this is a paradise, but it's been lost in more ways than one, both physically and in a lot of ways uh, spiritually. Uh, it's, there's a great need there for them to realize paradise is in the knowing God, knowing Jesus Christ and walking with Him. And so that's, that's what all of this was about. There was about <clears throat> 81, I think, people that were there when we were from either Horizons or Rock Point or me. Uh, I mean, I was the only one, I think, that wasn't from uh, one of the uh, Calvary Chapel churches. Uh, so each night they fed us in a church. They had good relationships, it seemed, with some of the churches there in Basseteers. Uh, and this one in particular allowed us to use their, uh, their uh, church basement each evening. Uh, supper was cooked for us. The uh, other times of the day, we just kind of fended for ourselves. The hotel had uh, nice meals, but of course it was expensive. The rate of exchange uh, in St. Kitts is uh, 27 so, uh, you know, you can figure it's about three times in their money what you know uh, our u s exchange, but it was high, you know, like five dollars a gallon of milk. And there really wasn't a lot of variety uh, that you uh, you saw in most of their stores. their Their economy is is kind of uh, down because the the uh, people. 97% black were brought in to, as slaves for the sugar plantations uh, several years, years and years ago and of course the, the sugar has no longer value like it did uh, being as all of the substitutes that we have and so on. So the sugar plantations went out in 2005, they just shut down It was big business prior to that. But they were losing money and uh, so they just finally had to shut down their businesses. So they're struggling to get an economy. You don't see, uh, you know, you would think Caribbean Island, bananas, coffee, uh, you know, some of the things that would grow in that kind of a climate in a rich volcanic soil. But there's not much going on as far as the uh, land. And uh, so that to me was something that maybe could be uh, developed if someone had the resources and the initiative and all of that. But it's not easy. And, of course, they're kind of caught. They don't have the money to start things. Um, there were some bananas growing locally and some fruit, but most of it was imported uh, from uh, Dominica, another island there in the Caribbean. So, uh, you know, just a little bit about the economy, the uh, political system. They are a a democratic place and uh, have elected their own government. There's actually two islands. There is St. Kitts, which is the bigger one, and there is Nevis, which is, uh, I I forgot to mention that in the uh, early pictures here, Let me just get back there for a moment and show you. Uh, Well, that one doesn't show it. Over to the right here, there is Nevis, and uh, it's kind of in the clouds. You can't really see it in these, uh, but it's a beautiful volcanic uh, mountainous island, but there's, I think, 3,000 people on the island, so it's not a very big, well, now I ran it too far, These these next uh, pictures uh, are really what we mainly did while we were there on the island. Uh, The group from Rock Point worked with uh, mostly with a grade school. We uh, built some playground equipment and uh, then when recess came, played with the kids. Which was an interesting, interesting thing. Children are the same all over the world. And uh, you'll see they, uh, this in the background here, those yellow buildings are across a soccer field. And uh, this is right behind the school and is the high school, the yellow buildings. So it was, uh, this was one of the better grade schools in town, elementary schools. But it's set up, the, the uh, buildings are in a U-shape, warm climate. Uh, when we were there, it was real tough, uh, 82 every day, uh, you know, something like that. And uh, interesting that, the, I don't know, a day or two before we left, somebody pulled up on their uh, uh, phone the weather report for the island, and it was uh, every night... This was the seven-day forecast. Every night was 71. Every day was 82, except for the last two days of the seven, and they bumped it up to 83. (laughs) So a weatherman, uh, you know, the job that he would do there would be, I think, probably uh, very easy. But uh, it's a wonderful climate this time of the year. But, of course, in the summer, it, it heats up. And uh, you can imagine then uh, what it might be like. The, uh, the work that we did here, these two basketball goals, uh, we built. The, uh, the school is K through 6. The uh, rooms that you see on the left were the K and first grade. And then on up, uh, these were the third and fourth, on over on the other side. And then you can't see the, the row on this side that was uh, the older kids. The school, as you, uh, the, uh, they had a sidewalk on this overhang, and uh, most of the doors were open, and the winter, windows were shuttered, but were open. Uh, you know, even during recess, the kids, this is their playground, right in the middle. And uh, kids were in class while these kids were screaming and yelling, you know, and uh, walking by, and uh, yet it looked, it appeared, that they were uh, pretty uh, well under control as far as uh, paying attention. Some of the kids, uh, they love to uh, have their picture taken, and uh, these girls, they're, they have to wear uniforms. Uh, there's... Like I said, kids are kids. Uh, there's uh, the only tree that was uh, there on the playground. And uh, we built, the, well, they aren't built yet. We were preparing to build a couple of benches here, the lumbers there they're sitting on. Uh, this is uh, Reed with a bunch of, kids loved Reed because, uh, well, uh, that first day, I think, he uh, uh, kids just were hanging all over him. And so to get away from him, he ran. And, uh, of course, he's in track, and he just ran circles around this playground. And the kids, you know, they just follow and then try and uh, gang up on him. Uh, they loved that. This uh, The fella in the green hat over on the left uh, was uh, from Indy. And uh, he, had, he, he works with uh, doing these group things where you get people to work together. You know, I'm not sure what it's all called. But anyway, this is a big elastic band. And uh, you, you got the kids in it. And then you do various things with the rubber band. You know, you can make star shapes. And it's real strong. Uh, here it's pulled out. And it goes even bigger than that. Uh, as far as height. So they, that was something that they loved. In fact, he had to put it up because they just, they wouldn't take no for an answer. Uh, you know, all of the kids wanted to pile in the middle of it and uh, push and pull, so he gave up. Very few toys. Uh, this is one of the few, that the boys were playing with this slingshot. You've seen them. You can see the guy laying down there. He's just pulled it and released it. Uh, he, had, he thought that was great. Uh, John Emmert is there in the background. Uh, some of you may know John from North Montgomery. I think he and Jordan were good friends in school. Uh, another picture. Boys will be boys, <laughs> won't they? He, put his, he had to put his uh, rabbit ears on that little girl. Uh, there we were building, uh, I think that was on the basketball goals. But these kids were so inquisitive. One of the guys was underneath the goal uh, to put the bolts in. And uh, all you could see was his feet. And uh, I didn't get a picture of that. But the kids were just down there with him. I mean, just pile in on him around him uh, trying to help. They're playing basketball. This was uh, one of the big things. Had very little equipment. So you know you make do. You know how some of you, when you were young and poor, uh, you know did with things. Well, these kids, it was tires, old tires, and they loved this this hill. It was downhill, as you can see, the roof lines there. Uh, it was downhill, and so they'd run those tires, and uh, they had a great time doing that. Some of you know Cindy McCandless. uh, She's from Rock Point, and. The girls, uh, you know, just loved her and uh, followed her. She had a conga line or something there going, uh, but they they thought that was great. This was the cutest little boy, and he wanted his picture taken and uh, adorable. One of the things we did, they did have a little bit of playground equipment. This is it. I mean, this is it. The slide had nothing, it's really just a jungle gym now because you couldn't, obviously couldn't slide it, Uh, it was gone. The swing, I think there were two swings, maybe three, I'm not sure. Uh, But this teeter-totter, some of the guys worked on it. It was up way too high, and so they lowered it. And you can see uh, there were more kids on it than that at one point, I noticed. But you can see they were all uh, enjoying that little thumb wrestling going on. The kids loved that, uh, the little hand-slapping game that uh, I showed them how to do that. Things like that they loved. This is another place on the island called Middle Island that we built some swing sets and painted them. And uh, I didn't have the picture. uh, uh, There was another picture I saw that somebody had of kids around this, uh, young kids, and there were just a bunch of them. Uh, playing on these so it was put to good use real quick that was pretty much what we our work assignments were working there on the playgrounds and then playing with the kids and we did get into the classrooms a little bit we gave them bracelets uh, that uh, they were Jesus bracelets and had the plan of salvation And you know the schools were uh, sister uh, that ran the school uh, she wasn't a Catholic. We called her Sister Emma. But uh, it was, uh, she was just very open to whatever we wanted to do. Uh, you know, we shared Christ. You know, it wasn't difficult. Uh, the big event, the people from Rock Point then went home, uh, I, I think it was Saturday morning. Saturday evening was the big event, uh, which I'm, for some reason it's not, Moving. Is it me? There it is. Uh, it was held what we would call a baseball stadium. It was uh, soccer uh, for them. It was a lot like Baldwin Field had the concrete uh, bleachers, and this was a large uh, group effort that they. Uh, it was called the Festival of Life, and that was part of the reason that. Uh, there were 81 people there was to help get this going. It was the first time they'd done it. And uh, they just wanted to uh, reach out to the people uh, by way of this stadium. And uh, so they rented it or used it and uh, gave out free meals, light meals, uh, and uh, then had uh, a speaker. Had Well, he had, uh, I think, three different groups or guys that uh, sang different kinds of, of uh, gospel. But uh, then some of you uh, would uh, know if I can think of his name. Uh, Mac, Mike McIntosh then spoke afterwards. And uh, I don't know if you know him. He's a Calvary Chapel uh, speaker from a large church out in California and uh, well-known. And uh, he gave mostly his testimony of what, you know, how God had had really changed him from, uh, he, he'd basically been insane, and uh, how God had moved in his life. But there were, a, they estimated something like 2,000 people that came, and uh, there were some snafus, but, you know, it, uh, at least they made an effort, and, uh, you know, that was their big event, and uh, seemed to go fairly well overall. There were some problems, but uh, the next time they do it, I'm sure some of that will be worked out if they do it again, and I assume they may. This uh, was, I think, some of the college, the college there at Horizons sent, that's a part of their curriculum is to go on a mission, and uh, so there were several students there, and this was one of the singers and I'm not sure where this was. It looks like one of the schools uh, that they ministered to. Is that it? Okay. Well, that's a good reason it won't move. <laughs> uh, but that was, those were a couple that, that they had ministered in. Uh, let, me, let me just say a couple of other things uh, before I do some closing things. But Uh, One of the the big things for me, uh, touching things, besides being with those children, which was neat in itself, uh, was going into a prison. The prison there on St. Kitts is right downtown. It's an old fort that had been converted for 67 prisoners. There were around 200 you can imagine if it's a couple of hundred, and I would guess it was at least that, years old. And you've got uh, an area that, uh, well, the courtyard where we met was something like the size maybe of this room, and uh, then the cells were right there behind it and to the side. And uh, they, the same guys that led music uh, at the Festival of Life did it for the prison inmates. There was a large contingent of them that sat on, you know, facing the stage. And uh, by the way, none of the guards had weapons. Uh, and they, it, was, it was just different setting. Uh, there were some, uh, I think, three women that went in with us even. But it was, uh, here in this courtyard was a block building over toward one corner. And that was their uh, restroom facilities. There was a latrine there uh, along the wall. And that was it. And they had outdoor showers there that they uh, showered in. And uh, these uh, guys listened well. uh, Powerful testimony that McIntosh had. And uh, then we were able to mingle with them Well, they had lunch, too. I forgot to mention they had an evening meal that we brought in. Um, But, uh, or I think, I'm not sure who provided that meal. But uh, anyway, there was some chicken that that was uh, provided there in boxes. And uh, interesting side note, when we were going out, there was a guy over in the corner uh, going through all of the boxes and scraps and putting it in different buckets I'm sure some of it was going to be reused, uh, you know. So uh, the guys were attentive, and uh, then once they were finished uh, speaking, Mac- McIntosh was finished. We were able to mingle with the uh, prisoners, and uh, it was just heartbreaking. Uh, Seeing these guys uh, in this setting, uh, you could see into the cells uh, through the windows and uh, on some of them, and the bunks were like three high, and there was, the, there was barely space that a guy could move between them. I mean, they were just packed in, unbelievably so. Uh, in another area that we were taking some stuff back into, uh, there were, it looked almost like a dungeon, uh, the iron door and uh, the little box, you know, that uh, you could peep through uh, with bars on it. It, it, was, it was sad. Um, and some of the guys that you talked to, it was sad. Uh, one guy, the first guy that I talked to uh, shared and, uh, you know, I asked him if he was a Christian and yes. And do you have a Bible? And he said No. I said, let me see if I can get you one. And so I went and looked because I had brought some uh, in my suitcase. And, uh, but they were all gone. And uh, I said, write down your name and I will uh, tell Brandon and we'll try and get you a Bible. And so he wrote his name. And uh, I went on and talked to some others of the prisoners and visited with them and shared with them. And then he came back up to me later. And his name was Junior. And he said, "Uh, are you a part of the church? I said, yeah. And he said, just in a pleading voice, would you have them pray for me every day? I said, yeah, I'll I'll tell them. He said, I want them to pray for me every day. And his name is Junior. So uh, when you think of Junior, pray for him, Junior Sobrato. Uh, but it was, it was touching, these guys and their desperation and uh, the conditions. And I can't imagine uh, when the temperatures get up around 100 down there, what the inside of those places were. Because, I mean, it was totally contained, huge walls around this place. Uh, Not a big place, but it was uh, right downtown uh, in Bassettier. It was a wonderful experience for me to uh, go on uh, a mission like this. Um, Just from a lot of standpoints, uh, I think uh, something like this good for our soul because it shows us several things. Uh, it, It connects us firsthand and you know when you have when you're there and you see it uh, you know uh, some of the needs and uh, you certainly and I think it's important that we become a part of something that is bigger than us not only as individuals but as a church and uh, so that's where our missions come in but so much of the time, it seems that with the church, we just, uh, we just kind of, you know, it's, yeah, it's a mission. You know, we'll give an extra $20 because they were here last week. And we don't really connect. And I would encourage you to get to know someone. Uh, not all of us can go, uh, but all of us can pray. There's not a one of us that can't do that. And all of us can get to know, uh, you know, these people somewhere. It doesn't have to be Brandon uh, and Jordan. Uh, There's ministries all over the world that are going on. But get to know somebody personally and get involved in that, uh, even if it's nothing more than in prayer. One of the things that most impacted me was just to see again how rich we really are. Uh, Most of us consider ourselves at best to be middle class. We're struggling to stay ahead and all of that. And you go to a place like that and you see, uh, that's not the case, is it? Uh, We're we're in a very small minority of people in wealth. And I want to challenge you with just a couple of things. One is in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 1 of 2 that uh, it's a powerful passage that Solomon writes as the searcher. And here's what he says in these two verses. I have seen another evil under the sun and it weighs heavily on man. God gives a man wealth, possessions, and honor so that he lacks nothing his heart desires. But God does not enable him to enjoy them, and a stranger enjoys them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. And and I would just challenge you with that, because you know what? You probably know some people that have lived like that, and maybe you are, I don't know. People that have accumulated and tried to grab and, you know, just constantly worried about wealth. And uh, the searcher says, you can have all of that and not enjoy it. Did you notice why? He says there in verse 2, he lacks nothing his heart desires, but God does not enable him. God doesn't give him the power to enjoy it. How much better for us if we, uh, you know, do this. Turn to the Lord in our wealth and all of our possessions and things and recognize that it is a gift from God. Because you see, if you don't recognize what you have as a gift from God, what are you going to do? you're going to think you deserve it. You have a right to this. You deserve it. You earned it. It's yours. It's mine. See, if you see it as a gift from God, you look at it totally different. Then it's with open hands. Then it's when you say, God, okay, I see. It's yours. You've blessed me. Let me use it wisely. Show me how to use it wisely. Being grateful. The Word tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, as it is a gift of God. And I would challenge you with one other thing that impacted me there was the matter of compassion. Because we do live lives of excess, it is so easy for us to get caught up, even as Christians, in a selfish outlook toward life. How does this benefit me? What's in it for me? And I think if you read scripture at all, you recognize that, that God is calling us to have a compassionate heart. Compassion is not something that you either have or you don't have. Compassion is something we can grow as believers. Asking God, make us compassionate. Show us how to be more compassionate. Let me have it, Lord. Give it to me. I think his call to us is to have compassion. You remember it says in one passage in Mark, That Jesus looked upon the crowds with compassion. He felt something different for these people. And I think you see that throughout the Word. Develop your compassion. You don't have to go to a foreign country to do that. Develop it here. Have an ear for people. Listen to people. Care for people. Do things for people. That's our calling as Christians. Wherever we are, getting involved personally. And just to close, Matthew 28, the reason that for St. Kitts and for any mission work is because the last thing uh, that we read in Matthew is the words, verse 18 of chapter 28, all authority, this is Jesus speaking, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, here's his command, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. We're called To go. That's in big letters. Go. Now, where you go is going to be different than where I go. But all of us are called to go. And I I just would encourage you with that to ask God where you're going is going to be. Where is he going to plant you? Between that and compassion, I think, you know, those two things especially awoke in me a, a new sense of need to be aware of of God's call on our lives. Let me just pray for us. Father, I just thank you for opportunities uh, that was there for me to be able to make this adventure and to just share in that work. Even though it's only a small part, Lord, I just pray that you would bless us as a people to exalt Jesus in everything we do. Lead us into the path that you would have us to go and use to your glory everything that happens with us. It is in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. By the way, the uh, Rock Point group is planning another uh, for January of next year. so uh, you might want to think consider that,